Welcome to the Talent Learning Show podcast series, episode 51 with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Well, today I interview Ashok Tepernini, head of product management for Qualcomm Smart Cities and Smart Connected Spaces Group about modern digital hybrid classrooms. You can find more of our fiercely independent content at talenttolearning.com. Well, welcome back, listeners and followers. On this show, I am fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in learning technology solutions from both the vendor and the practitioner perspectives. And today is no different. From the expert vendor side of the equation, we have an exciting and super informed guest, Ashok Tepernini, who's the head of product management for Qualcomm Smart Cities and Smart Connected Spaces Group. Wow, what's that? We're going to learn all about it because that's a title and a prelude to our upcoming conversation about smart classroom technology and the practical side of best practices uh, to get it funded in your school system or in your area and university. I'm super interested in this topic, both as an instructional technologist and an analyst who follows the learning system and learning technology industry, of course. But I also have two children, one in high school and one in college, and I have been watching and experiencing up close, as many of you have, the limitations of remote and hybrid academic learning. Uh, especially for those students that aren't in the classroom for one particular reason or another. And uh, apparently, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, Qualcomm has been on a mission to enable schools, universities, and teachers with the technology, software, and the service to smarten up their classrooms and really provide a better experience for all those remote uh, learners that are uh, in, inside the, the situation. We're going to learn all about that today, all about uh, digital hybrid classrooms, what that means, and the technology that drives it. Ashok, welcome to the Talented Learning Show. It's great to have you here. Thank you, John, and thanks for having me you know, on the show. Uh, glad to be part of it and um, you know, share you know, what we have gone through in the last few years and where we are now. So again, uh, thanks for having me over. All right. All right. Well, thanks for carving out the time. I know you can do a lot of stuff with your time uh, with a, a head of product management title like you do at, at Qualcomm. I think everybody uh, or everybody should anyway that's uh, listening to this podcast knows uh, the name of, of Qualcomm and uh, generally what you do. But I would think that just about everybody uh, is surprised that you would have a, a concept or a group of smart cities and smart uh, connected spaces. Maybe just because we've never thought about it or maybe because we've never heard of such a thing before. Uh, and so I thought maybe we could start there. You could talk about, I guess, Qualcomm in, in general and your overall mission and, you know, how your group plays into that. And, you know, we'll use that as a springboard to launch into the the educational pieces for the, the rest of the podcast. So absolutely, John, um, you know, uh, as Qualcomm, you know, we are very passionate about creating these foundational technologies, you know, that change how we as people and society interact you know, communication is a very strong uh, foundation that we back ourselves. Most people know Qualcomm as this technology provider, you know, for wireless, for um, transforming uh, these connectivity solutions that we had uh, from 2G, 3G, 4G, and now 5G. Um, under that big Qualcomm umbrella, uh, uh, me and my team, uh, we fall under the IoT services. Uh, which is anything, you know, X as a service. Uh, and we cut across multiple, you know, technologies within Qualcomm. But what we do 
is stitch together a complete end-to-end -end solutions for you know each of the industry segments. Um, and education for us falls under one of these key priorities. And under the education, you know, we have made sure that we are really solving some of the technology puzzles that so far have, for in some areas, have been confounding. Where you know, uh, uh, whether it is a small school or a um, uh, a university, we wanted to make sure we create something that is first easy to use, lower the barriers to adoption, and making sure that it is viable in the long term. Those are the three foundational uh, aspects for us when we when we you know tackle the education sector. But everything under a smart cities, a smart uh, spaces umbrella, and we pride ourselves on the ability to bring these technologies to the fore to multiple industry segments, including education, and in 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 uh, essence, building that uh, you know or overcoming the digital divide that exists today whether it's in a city that is outside of a school or inside of a school, inside of a classroom or any learning opportunities you know, uh, that the students might have. Great, thanks for that. And just to provide a little clarity uh, for the, the listeners here today, describe the role of what uh, head of product management uh, would do in your case or what you, what you do or are responsible for for that group, please. Sure. Uh, uh, I am a head of product management for smart cities and smart spaces. In this role, uh, I play, you know, two, uh, there are two sides of what I do. Uh, the first side is to make sure um, I understand the customer's requirements, the end deployed customer's requirements, and make sure those requirements are addressed by the products and the services that we built. Um, that is the customer facing aspect of what we do. And we cut across multiple industries. So ideally, we also take care of building that ecosystem of partners built around Qualcomm technologies to bring their solutions you know, to the table. So while we are dealing with the, 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 the customer focused requirements and the products that assign it, on the other hand, um, I'm in charge of the roadmap for our mm. problems and what comes next, how we are fine tuning to the ever changing needs of the industry and making sure that we are bringing the best of the breed solutions, you know, uh, to the market. And apart from technology, we are very passionate about bringing these technologies that are self-sustaining in the long run especially in the smart city segment, especially in the education segment. So as the head of product management, my job is to make sure I act as a glue between all these parties, make sure there's a clear direction to the, not, not only the products that we have today, but also in the near future. Wow, how fun, how fun, that sounds great. Uh, what, a, what a great position. All right. Well, let's dig down. Thanks for that. Let's dig down into uh, the education piece. Obviously, you know, the world here almost exactly two years, uh, you know, has, has transformed uh, making the concept of hybrid education, smart classrooms really foremost on a lot of teachers and a lot of parents and probably a lot of students 
mind here over the last couple of years. And so uh, love to, to hear what your group uh, and your organization is, is doing to, um, to, to really address all those changes and uh, to make learning better. Uh, frame it out for us, please. Absolutely, John. Uh, one of the things, John, that, you know, this pandemic has thrown at us, you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, two years ago uh, was, uh, you know, the natural way from a teacher's perspective to teach, you know, when they're in a classroom has suddenly thrown us, you know, you know, like a fish out of water. Um, and we had Zoom calls or we have, you know, uh, places where we can share files, um, but it kind of disrupted the, that natural way of learning for the student and the natural way for the teachers to teach. So one of the things that we looked at was how can we bridge that, you know, and bring it back to some kind of a normalcy where maybe the technologies that we currently have can aid this. Now, a simple example, instead of the, uh, you know, students or the teachers looking at just a screen, can we make it a little bit more easy or a natural way for the teacher to teach? Um, and then the second part of it is, uh, you know, the hybrid learning. Uh, there were times where, you know, folks were, you know, joining in remotely and we thought, hey, how do we make this a lot easier for, for students, whether they're in class or whether they are outside of the class, can we make that education learning more seamless? You know, of course we cannot solve all the barriers, but you know, we came up with a solution that takes in a bunch of these technologies that most of them we already had, stitched it together such that the learning is more natural. And with the aid of technology, the, the, the teacher is more prepared to engage with the students. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we did there, uh, again, was to create these, uh, you know, transformational technologies for hybrid learning. Now, these could be for, you know, K through 12, or even for universities who are now uh, expanding their presence, you know, virtually. So, so we made sure that this, this goes across all of the learning segments. And I'll give you an example. When we first went into a class, um, you know, where the teacher... Uh, was, was, was teaching, uh, just the, the podium uh, where the teacher was engaging was just filled with wires, connectivity issues, and unable for the teacher to go across the classroom just the way they naturally teach. And it seems like, oh my God, you know, that should be a simple problem to solve, but it was a little bit more complex than what we imagined. That means it's not enough where we just say, oh my God, here, here's your wireless uh, you know, device and you can suddenly do things. It was not the case. So we had to unravel and understand the day-to-day -day issues that the teachers go through. So we created a completely wireless teacher's podium that not only allows the teacher to move within the class, but also able to bring her own lesson plan and content to the fore as easy as using a computer or a laptop. Now, this wireless podium does a few things. Uh, we are big believers of multi-use. We are big believers of making sure uh, that the devices that we put in are able to tackle multiple problems. So not only does this wirelessly uh, you know, uh, send 
uh, you know, the screen to a, a digital whiteboard, but it's the same content that the, that the students who are probably dialing in remotely can see. So uh, that was one area that we tackled and saying, we got to create a, a podium for the teachers that has a built-in laptop that is removable, that can move and with truly wireless and able to provide that mobility within the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that was for us an eye-opening when we looked at the challenge and said, yep, we got to solve that. And then there are other issues that we looked at. Um, suddenly we were thrust into the scenario where um, early on during the pandemic, especially where students and whoever enters the educational facility had to have their temperature scanned. Um, and imagine, you know, hundreds of students coming into the school during that 10 minute window and, uh, and, the, and the education facility unable to even do that. So we thought, okay, we got to speed up that. We cannot have, you know, uh, a backlog of students waiting for, for, for this. So we built in some automatic thermal scanners that as the student is walking, walking by, um, not only is the temperature taken, but they, it also checks whether there is mask, the student is wearing a mask and also takes in the attendance. So again, multi-use, making sure that we have a, a, a thermal uh, imaging system that takes the temperature, um, make sure the student you know, is masked up and attends. And that was another aspect of it. And then we also looked at, um, you know, hey, uh, how are the 50 students who are probably joining remote able to engage with the teacher? Um, and in that aspect, we said, you know what, teacher in the classroom, how cool would it be if they are able to dynamically create groups, whether they are in class or outside of the class? And, and the magic under the hood can make sure all these things happen. Um, and we said, hey, that's the challenge we got to solve. And you know, we built uh, some software and tools around it where the teacher can dynamically assign in near real time groups. Uh, student A and student X, they could be in class or virtual. They're able to collaborate with each other where they are able to share their own screens. They're able to, to um, uh, create a workspace where there is real time collaboration and the teacher can guide each of these groups. When we first uh, had the students engage with it, they were just blown away uh, on how seamless it looked. Um, you know, with the teacher able to now dedicate uh, attention to these individual pods of students and making that collaboration within them, you know, very easy. Uh, John, and another another thing that we, you know, to me, you know, personally, I feel, you know, so so proud of it um, is, uh, you know, the the, the, the students, um, you know, when the teacher is is uh, monitoring the students, so imagine there are forty uh, video feeds on the screen, <laughs> and 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 the teacher has almost, you know, you get into this mode of. Uh, not knowing what to do when all the screens are up, you know, the audio is everywhere. It just felt, you know, chaotic. And, you know, we built in some, some, some of the software tools for the teachers to use where they're able to uh, actually pay attention and gives an automatic alerts 
if there is a student uh, who, let's say, brought up their browser on top of uh, the video learning experience where the alerts are more seamless, more natural. So let's hope they don't bring that to the corporate world. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I hope so. It has multi-use. So <laughs> um, I'll have to get uh, smarter. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, uh, but, but in a sense, we just uh, went through the experience of a teacher in their shoes to see all the things we can improve. Same, mm -hmm. thing from the, from, same thing from the students. There was a big shortage of even devices for the students during the pandemic. So we made our entire tools and package, um, you know, not even, you know, downloadable. There's a link that pops up. You can bring your own device, connect in, whether it's a handheld, whether it's a laptop, you know, server, you know, we made sure that it is easy for the for the students to join in. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, when we also looked at the classes and, and schools, all of them had some version of these systems in place already. Uh, and that was a challenge for us. So we truly made our platform open. So I'm able to integrate with existing systems with the city. Uh, we made sure that we are also tackling multiple problems. So, the, like what kind of what, what kind of existing systems? Sorry so, for example, each each uh, school district had their own learning management system. Uh, mm -hmm. They sometimes had their own, uh, you know, uh, the safety and security systems that they have just installed. And we said, hey, if if there is a if there is no glue that connects all of these together, then the experience of a school is going to be very kludgy. Um, so we brought in, you know, the instructional technologies, making sure that there's a personalized learning navigation tools built in, and that integrates with whatever the school might already have, and the assessments, the curriculum, the analytics, you know, all the things that we take for granted, uh, we made sure that these are open, that they could be integrated with whatever system that the school already had, and made sure that the hardware the extra hardware that we're putting in and the existing software, you know, work very, very seamlessly. How did you solve the, uh, uh, how did you solve the, the, the camera problem? Is that in the, uh, in the, uh, the podium itself, or is that another uh, device that you need to, to be able to follow that teacher around from a, you know, from a camera standpoint? Uh, oh, wonderful question, John. So we did a couple of things, John. Um, number one was, um, uh, you know, any learning that we do, if it is something related to, let's say, writing or, you know, uh, a math, it's easy for me to type it up using a keyboard and the teacher can see it. But what if I'm doing an art class? What if I'm doing a science experiment where the teacher has to see remotely? So we built in a document scanner, <laughs> literally a camera that pops out of the teacher's podium, puts the camera on the work that I'm doing with my hands. Uh, imagine that uh, before, nice. we're trying to take their laptop or the iPad, trying to show the student what it is. And we're mm -hmm. like, oh my God, that's a, you know, such an inefficient way to do it. So we solved the problem where we said, look, for non-keyboard <laughs> instruction, um, how do I show these students? How do I engage them? So we, we built in a, very sleek document imaging camera that can point out very high resolution 
I can really see the fine print on, on the documents uh, to that. And the second thing we did was within the classroom, as the students are entering, we made sure that the ability to record this class for um, uh, the, the, the students to review after the class is done, we made sure that the cameras inside of the classroom are focused on engaging with the teacher and tracking as the teacher moves around. So we, we added some features to the hardware that did that. Mm -hmm. so not, only, not only have we solved the problem of uh, the natural mobility or capturing the natural mobility of the teacher in the classroom, but also making sure that what they actually show for a remote student is easy to, 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 to share. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, interesting. How does the smart whiteboard tie into that? What, what does that do? Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, so whatever the teacher is, let's say, doing on the, uh, uh, on the laptop, uh, it wirelessly projects it to the smart whiteboard. And not only is it a whiteboard, but it's an interactive touchscreen as well. So the teacher can walk up to the whiteboard, um, search for a online content. Let's say I'm teaching a Pythagoras theorem and I want to bring in an image um, from the web. So the smart whiteboard acts as that you know, repository. I can bring in, I can put it on the screen, make changes to the images or content live. And it's the same content that I can share with students logged in remotely, but also the students who are in class. And then I can add and manipulate my own content on top of that. So it acts mm -hmm. as a very easy way for the teacher to bring in his or her own lesson plan, dynamically bring in content as the class is going through uh, this particular course, add in new content, save it, distribute it, I could create a questionnaire on the fly and have my remote students answer it, my students in the class answer it, and everything is shown on this digital whiteboard. So it is not just a screen share, it becomes a very powerful interactive tool um, you know, that everybody can see. Wow, wow. Well, what you're describing is uh, so far away from what my high school students experienced during the pandemic that they might as well have been studying, uh, uh, you know, horse and buggy uh, carriage in, in the little house in the prairie. Uh, I mean, we needed all of this. But, you know, what our school board was saying here locally was about the just the cost of stuff. When we wanted to do more hybrid or ask, you know, everybody was bogged down in the cost and the technology. And as I hear and get excited uh, as a, an instructional uh, technologist, uh, you know, hearing about the smart boards and podiums and all this stuff, I just can't help but think that it could be prohibitive. And so I'm curious to, to see how you think about the, the business case and how basically how uh, thrifty uh, school uh, systems, you know, can get over that hump or, or start the process to get over that hump from a, from a budget standpoint. What are your thoughts on that? It's a tough question. Uh, John, um, you know, very good question. Um, when we first started looking at this um, as a, you know, you know, product head, the one thing that I was very conscious about was we should not be doing this just for technology's sake it has to show considerable benefit to the school. And 
the barrier has to be low enough and it cannot be too expensive of a solution that we cannot adopt. Uh, in order to do that, our goal was to make it self-sustaining in the long run. And number two, um, if we simplify this process and make it a pay-as-you-go model, as mm -hmm. a SaaS model, uh, we thought that would be the best fit you know, for the schools. So all the things I described, whether it is a tablet, document camera, podium, the audio system, the thermal cameras, the smart screen, the speakers, all of that, including all of the software, is packaged all together and offered as a service and charged per student per class. And we, as, as Qualcomm, takes care of putting that entire system together, uh, upfront cost if it requires for the capital, all you know, fronted upfront. And it is as pay as you go. Um, you know, that model seemed to really resonate with not only the educators, but the school administrators as well, because there is no big upfront cost that the city has to take in. Um, but there was a second challenge. The traditional procurement systems in the, in the school were not geared to, to do this. Um, there was, they, was, they were always in the mode of, oh my God, look, I have this budget. I got to spend it now. I don't know what the next year's budget is going to be. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a classic example, right? So we have slowly been working with the school authorities to, to pivot this, to make sure, you know, the business models are flexible uh, enough to meet the school's needs. And we priced it at a point where it is uh, much below what is allocated for, you know, uh, uh, let's say the science education. So for example, we looked at uh, something like, you know, be anywhere between 10 to $14 a student per month. That's how low we got it down to. So over the, over the course of a year, we said, look, we cannot exceed more than $250 as a cost per student to get all of this wonderful technology, you know, in place. And that mm -hmm. was our goal. And you know, we worked with our ecosystem partners, we worked with our suppliers, we worked with our technology providers to really get that cost all the way down. So we are able to offer this EAS, education as a service. With mm -hmm. all of these things put together, all the hardware, all the software installed, good to go. And uh, to give you a, a proof point, we made sure that these technologies are are, are cost efficient enough that they can actually go global, even in a third world country. You know, we start, we had good success uh, in a country like Indonesia as well. So this cost, we really brought it down to that level where it is easily usable for you know, most of the countries out there. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, this is fantastic. I'm so excited for you and your organization uh, as this is uh, what we all live for here to, to make a difference. Um, however, I'm a boy. Am I practical? I I'm a, I'm a practical fellow coming to, uh, to dollars and cents or, or business case in general. And so, for our last question, what is your advice for somebody in a in a school system or in a school that is like the my, my children's high school that is you know hasn't done any of this yet? How can you get the conversation going? Is there resources out there that uh, 
people can use to get this conversation going as it probably can't happen overnight, but how can you get, how can you get going to articulate this value? You have any suggestions on, on for your average Joe and Jane to, to, to move the ball forward in their school district? You know, absolutely. Um, you know, the technology is moving at such a fast, sometimes it is overwhelming, you know, all, whether it's teachers or students, we all know when the next uh, greatest device is coming in, when it's releasing. But when it comes to actually inculcating that into our day-to-day -day learning experiences, it is daunting, you know, no doubt. But there is a lot of help today to have start having the conversations on integrating the latest and greatest technologies lowering that barrier for us to adopt those, making it easy, making it multi-use. The conversation needs to start on where the teachers are having an issue, where the administrators are, 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 are struggling to get this off the floor. Uh, really, the, the, the business models could come in a little bit later, but understanding of what is there on the table. If you think of this as the buffet of offerings that are there, it is sometimes very hard for the schools and administrators to go figure out which one is the best. Uh, to me, making sure that the conversation is about, look, it needs to be future-proofed in some form or shape. Let's start that conversation there. That will lead into so many options that the school district needs to look at. And to be honest, um, uh, it, it paves way to have the discussion with the technology providers. Um, you know, the reason why we built our platform you know, as a service is to really solve that problem. We are telling the school districts, we will take the technology risk. We are going to be standing by you, not now, but 15 years down the lane. And as the technology expands, we will change it. In fact, one, in one of the offerings, John, after three years of this solution in the school district, we are upgrading the entire hardware for free because maybe 6G, 7G will come in in three years, but I don't mm -hmm. want the school district to get stuck in a limbo again. Mm -hmm. so, so as part of this service, we said, every three years, we're going to completely revamp the hardware to the latest and greatest available at that time. What the school needs to focus on the experience. Give us the feedback. What's working? What's not working? Can we? Can if you focus on the experience that you're getting from it, we will take care of the technology under the hood to make sure that is seamless. To me, that's the deal I want to have with the, the school districts, and 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 we want to be their technology partner, advisor, and in this entire process. We don't mm -hmm. want to be somebody who just gives them something and goes away. We want to be in this journey together. I'm pretty sure we can bring in the world's best technologies to address the key concerns for the educators today and the students and making sure that this technology works for them and you know works for all of us. Wow, that's great. Uh, it's affordable. Uh, the the software or the the solution as as a service is such a great way to remove that technology risk, which is the big stinger, uh, certainly in in the, the the capital budget. So all that makes a lot of sense. It looks like uh, it lowers the bar or lowers the barrier anyway 
Uh, so uh, sage advice, uh, Ashok Tipernani, uh, who's a head of product management, smart cities and smart connected spaces at, at uh, Qualcomm. Uh, Ashok, thanks so much for joining us today and, and sharing your vision. Uh, really excited to hear what you guys are up to. You're changing the world one classroom at a time. And uh, I guess we'll give you a collective thanks uh, for coming on the show today and for your daily work. Thank you. Thank you, John. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Talented Learning Show podcast series, and we hope to see you on the next. Thank you. Bye-bye.